Romans chapter 8, Romans chapter 8, verse 3 to 16. Romans 8, 3 to 16. For what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so he condemns sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires, but those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the Spirit is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. Everybody say life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile towards God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. You, however, turn to your neighbor and say, you, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the spirit, if indeed the spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal body because of his spirit that lives in you. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it is not to the flesh to live according to it, but it is to live according, uh, but it is to, uh, to die to the flesh. But if you, by the spirit, put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. For those who are led by the spirit of God are the children of God. Everybody say, those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you a slave so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship, and by him we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, this morning, I want to pick up what we left off a couple of weeks ago when we're talking about the overcoming life. And my series is entitled Overcomer. And if you remember, we gave you a card, and on the card was an overcomer's creed. And, and I hope that you re read that card. I hope that you're memorizing that so that you can look in the mirror every morning and say, I'm more than a conqueror through Christ who gives me strength. Notice that the Bible says in Romans chapter 8, verse 37, we are more than conquerors, that God expects the Christian to be more than a conqueror. And Paul gives us this understanding in the context that, that, that we're more than conquerors when we face difficulties in our life. God doesn't promise us that we're never going to face a trial in our life. God doesn't promise us that we're, going, we're never going to have a situation in our life when we come to Christ. In fact, it may even intensify and get even harder when you become a Christian. Your family might disown you. People might call you crazy, whatever it might be. But let me tell you, you will go through the valley of the shadow of death and God will put you in the fiery furnace because when you come out, you're going to be made like gold. 
but in the midst of the fiery furnace and when you're walking in the valley and when you're facing difficult times, even when you lose a loved one in your life, when you know Jesus and the Spirit of God is living inside of you, God expects you to live like a more than conqueror. Come on, somebody, say amen. Say, I'm more than a conqueror, amen? Now, I want you one more time to stand to your feet and we are going to recite the Overcomer's Creed again. Are you ready? Are you ready to recite the Overcomer's Creed? Everybody with me, are you ready? I am no longer condemned. I am free from sin and death. I am complete in Christ. I have a new mind. I live in the power of the Holy Spirit. I am a child of God Almighty. I'm an heir of God and a co-heir with Christ. I like this one, my present situation could never compare to my future glory. God is at work right now, right now. One more time, right now, in my present situation. I'm becoming more like Jesus every day. God is for me. No one can stand against me. Jesus is my mediator and my chief intercessor. And nothing will ever separate me from God's incredible love. Come on, give it up for the Lord right now. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Give somebody a high five on the way down. You may be seated. And so this morning I want to continue our Overcomer's Creed, and I want to talk to you for a few moments about living in the power of the Spirit. Now, a few weeks ago, we learned that when we are Christians, we find all of our completeness in Christ. We are completely forgiven by Christ. We are completely saved in Christ. We are completely freed in Christ. We are completely justified, sanctified, and righteous in Christ. And it's not Jesus and prayer. It's not Jesus in reading the Bible. It's not Jesus in the law. It's not Jesus in good works. It's not Jesus in anything else. It's Jesus, 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 because he finished the work on the cross and your identity, your future, your salvation, your righteousness, your justice, everything that you are and everything that you will ever hope to be is found completely in Jesus. Come on, somebody help me out today. But Paul tells us because of what Jesus did on the cross that we now become the recipient of a new life, a new way of living. And that's through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now our lives are filled, he said. Now our lives are empowered and directed and motivated and inspired and energized by a new dimension or a new force in our life. And it's real. And listen to me, our lives are not empowered by the flesh any longer, but our lives are now empowered by the Spirit. In fact, Paul gives us in Romans chapter 8 steps to victory in our life. Paul tells us in Romans chapter 8 verse 3, for what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending his son in the likeness of sinful man so that what? So that he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirements of the law may be fulfilled, fully met in us who do not live, listen to what he said, who do not live 
live according to the flesh, but live governed according by the what? The spirit. So Paul tells us for what the law was powerless to do. Now, we, we answered this a couple of weeks ago, but let me just refresh your mind. What was the law powerless to do? The law was powerless to set us free from the just punishment of a holy God. When we sin against the holy God, it demands a perfect payment. Nobody's perfect. Only God is perfect. The law was powerless to acquit us. The law was powerless to set us free from sin and death in our life. The law condemned us to eternal punishment. The law was powerless to justify us. It was powerless to make us holy. The law was powerless to give us a new nature, to change our nature. The law was powerless to give us victory in our life. Why? Because the law was just a written code. It was holy, but it was just a written code. And so we needed something else to come into our life. We needed divine intervention. Romans chapter 7, verse 7, Paul talks about the struggle that he even had when he tried to fulfill the law in the flesh. Notice what he says. He said, what shall I say then? Is the law sinful? Certainly not. The law is holy. The law is good. It's the law of the Lord. It's, it's the word of God. He said, nevertheless, I would have not known what sin had been if it weren't for the law, for I would have not known what covenant means or really understand it if the Lord didn't tell me that I shouldn't covet. But sin, seizing the opportunity afforded by the commandment, produced in me every kind of coveting. Far, far apart from the law, sin was dead. Once I was alive apart from the law, but when the commandment came, sin sprang to life and I died. I found that the very commandment that was intended to bring my, me life actually brought me death. In other words, the commandment of the Lord is wonderful. This is what you should do. This is who you should be. This is what you shouldn't do. And yet we couldn't do any of those things in our own power. So we see the law. The law is good, but the law actually condemns us because now the law says this is what you should do. You don't do it, and as a result of that, now you are you are going to be punished for the things that you have not done. And so God says, I'm going to solve that situation by sending my son in the likeness of sinful man to take on a, a body, to take on a flesh, and then die on the cross and justify many through my sacrifice. And by, that, by, I, by me doing that, I can also then meet all the requirements of the law so that I'm free to give life to whomever comes to me. Come on, somebody say amen. For sin sees an opportunity afforded by the commandment deceived me and through the commandment put me to death. So then the law is holy and the commandments are holy and righteous and good. But Paul goes on to say in Romans chapter 8, verse 3, for what the law was powerless to do, weakened by the flesh, God did. He met all the requirements, and as a result of that, now we live a new life in a new dimension, and it is a life in the Spirit. Now listen to me. It's not lived the same way. Our life is not lived in the flesh. Our life is not lived by just observing the law or trying harder or being more religious or, or trying in any human way to, to somehow please God. 
My friend, you and I cannot live the overcoming life. We cannot overcome sin. We, we cannot overcome the enemy. We, we cannot live the life that God wants us to live. We cannot follow the law. We can't do all those things. We can't love God with all of our heart, soul, strength, and mind. We can't love our neighbor unconditionally. We can't live the holy life. We need divine intervention. And Paul introduces us to this life, the life of the Spirit, in Romans chapter 8, verse 4. He said, we don't live by the flesh any longer. We live by the Spirit. Paul said, we don't live any longer according to the flesh, but we live governed, empowered by the Spirit. In other words, we don't have the same desires that we once had when we were living in the flesh. We don't have the same desires we had when we were bound to the sinful desires of the flesh. We don't think the same way. We don't behave the same way. We don't see things the same way. We don't react the same way. Why? Because we don't live according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. It's a new world. It's a new way of living. It's a new way of thinking. It's a new way of walking. It's, a, it's energized by the spirit. It's empowered by the spirit. It's inspired by the spirit. It's enforced by the spirit. It's endowed by the Holy Spirit. Come on, somebody say, thank God for the Holy Spirit working inside of me. Romans chapter 7, so my brothers and sisters, you also died to the Lord through the body of Christ that you might belong to another, to him who raised from the dead in order that we might bear fruit, the fruit of God. For when we were in the realm of the flesh, the sinful passions aroused by the law were at work in us so that we bore the fruit of death. But now by dying to what once bound us, we have been released from the law so that we serve, look, in a new way of the Spirit. We serve in a new way. So Paul says there was an old way, there was a new way. Paul tried the old way. He said, you know, I, I was a Pharisee. I was schooled in the law. He said, according to the law, I looked like I was faultless, but I was not faultless because I had, I had lust in my heart. I, I had sin in my heart. I had anger and, and jealousy and insecurity in my heart. Nobody else could see it because I put on my religious robe, but God doesn't look at the outward. He looks at the inward. He looks at the heart, and God saw me. He took his flashlight, and he saw me. He saw everything that I was thinking, feeling. He saw every motive of my heart, and he said, no, Paul, you fall short. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. He said, I tried the old way, and friend, there's a lot of people that are still trying the old way. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to tell you, but there's a lot of churches that teach the old way. It's Jesus and prayer. It's Jesus and coming to church. It's Jesus and tradition, and we know it's Jesus, 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 but when we embrace Jesus, 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 he sends the Spirit, 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 and the Spirit empowers us, and the Spirit transforms us, and he changes us so that we can be the person that God wants us to be. You cannot be an overcomer. You cannot live for God. You cannot be holy and righteous. You cannot even, even have the right motives without the Holy Spirit changing your heart. Turn to your neighbor right now and say, you're still the funniest looking person I've ever seen in my life, but God's doing a work on the inside. Glory to God. He's changing your heart. And if you're going to live the overcoming life, if you're going to be more than a conqueror, 
If you're going to live in victory over sin and temptation and fear and insecurity and pride and doubt and unbelief and the flesh, we'll do it only, we'll do it only, we'll do it only in the power of the Holy Spirit. Before Jesus rose and, and he conquered sin and death, he tells his disciples, I, I'm going away. He said, it's vital that I go away. It's important that I go away. He says, my job is done. My job is done. I fulfilled everything that God has called me to do. Now I'm going to the cross, and then I'm going to rise on the third day. He said, but it's important for me to go away. Don't cling to me. Don't hold on to me because I'm going to my Father's right hand, and I'm going to ever live to intercede for you. Did you know that right now Jesus is praying for you, glory to God? I mean, come on. Anything is possible. I know we want to call the pastor. Oh, pastor, pray for me. No, 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 no. You got a direct line to the master. Come on, somebody. Glory to God. Hallelujah. No, I'm not belittling the, the position of a pastor. I thank God for pastors. Glory to God. I am a pastor. Thank God I counsel myself sometimes. Pastor, I need to talk to you. Okay, let me talk to you. Thank God for pastors. But friend, you don't need to wait until 9 o'clock in the morning when I come in the office at 3 o'clock in the morning. You can get on the direct line and call Jesus. Hallelujah. And he'll pray for you. And if Jesus is on your side, who can be against you? If God is for me, who can be against me? Come on, somebody. Jesus is praying for you right now. I mean, that, that should give you faith. You should believe that you can receive anything according to God's will, that you can be healed in your body, that you can be restored, that you can be set free, because Jesus is praying for you right now. Hallelujah. Who better to pray for you than Jesus? Jesus said, I've got to go away, because if I go away, then I will send you the comforter. He said, I will send you the Paracletus, the Paracletus, the one who's been called alongside of. And, and he said, he's just like me. The Trinity at work, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. We don't worship three gods. We worship Elohim, one God. We worship God personified in three persons, understood in three persons, three distinct persons, like an egg. Hmm? How many parts of an egg you have? I ate two today, hard-boiled, this morning. Three parts, one egg. God, one God, three persons. And Jesus said, it's expedient, it's important, it's vital that I go away. Because I have to go and pray for you. I have to sit at the right hand of my Father in glory. But I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. And when he comes, he'll change your life. When he comes, he'll rearrange your life. When he comes, he'll change your thinking. He'll change your way of living. He'll change every part of your life when the Spirit of God comes to live inside of you. The Bible says you're the temple of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus said when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you shall receive power. 
power, dunamis power, the Greek word enabling power to do the things that you were not able to do before. I know many of you were religious and you went to church. Maybe some of you are still religious and you go to church and you think, well, I can please God if I do this and I do that and I do that. That's all flesh. That's all human efforts. And Paul the apostle said, man, I've given up on all human efforts. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection. I've given up on all human effort. Now I depend on the Holy Spirit that lives inside of me. Glory to God. And if that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells inside of you, it'll quicken your mortal body and change your life. Glory to God. He said, and man, even though we're still in this body and we're going to die one day, I mean physically, we're going to die one day unless Jesus comes back. Be assured of this one thing, friend, while you're watching via on live stream today, wherever you are, one day you will die unless Jesus comes back before you die. And there's two things we're guaranteed of. The first thing we have to do and we know we got to do is pay our taxes. And if we live in Nassau County, that's a lot of money. Sean, help me out, brother. Work on it. Work on it, brother. Get on it, buddy. And we're going to die. But Paul says that because the Holy Spirit lives inside of us, we will be resurrected to new life. That same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. You know? And maybe you lost a loved one. And I know you can't understand. You know, you'll say, this stuff is like fairy tale. How did you get here? How did you get here? How were you born? And by the way, yesterday, a group of us, the pastors and a group of us, we went down to Bleecker Street in Martin. We just worshiped the Lord in front of an abortion clinic. And last week, there were 40 clients. We've been doing it now together with a group called Love Life, 40 weeks. Last week, there were 40 clients. This week, there were 20, and a young lady walked out and said, I can't do it. I can't do it. We saved a life. We saved a life. We saved a life. Yesterday, we saved a life. Let me tell you something. Every life, every life is precious to God. Aren't you glad that you weren't aborted? I mean, it's just crazy to even think that that's a possibility in the world today. With sonograms and to see little babies. Oh, by the way. I'm going to be a papa again. Yeah. My, daughter, my daughter called me yesterday. She said, if it's a boy, will you pass out? <laughs> How did you get here in the first place? You are a miracle in, your, in itself. We don't understand how humans from the very beginning were created. God did that. The sun millions of miles away and we feel the heat of the sun god can do anything god god can do it he's god he's god he can do anything so you say man i lost my loved one and we we buried my loved one and what's going to happen to my loved one in a couple of years their bones are going to it's their flesh it's just going to be you know, you know what's going to happen the bible says in a twinkling of an eye the trumpet of god shall sound and god will stand off his throne again and said let there be life again hallelujah he did it once he'll do it again glory to god he said if that same spirit that raised christ from the dead dwells inside of you it will quicken your mortal body so friend Paul says we have an obligation. It's not to live by the flesh, but to live by the spirit. 
And this is not a New Testament concept. It's an Old Testament concept. You know, God spoke to the prophet Ezekiel and said, tell my people that they are so prone to wander. I gave them the law. He said, while I was writing the law, they were making a calf. <laughs> while I was writing the law, they, were, they got disappointed in Moses and backslid and started living sin. Friend, without the Holy Spirit, I can't live for God five minutes after I leave the church. Hello. You can't either. You can't even remember what I said five minutes after you leave the church <laughs> without the Holy Spirit. I, I remember growing up in the church being religious. I grew up in this church. My mother made me come to this church when I didn't want to come to church. My mother was five foot one, maybe, with heels on. <laughs> she dragged me to church. I'd sit right here. I'd sit right here. This is a hot seat, brother, right here. I'm telling you. <laughs> the last guy that sat here went into the ministry. <laughs> and man, I, I would hear the word, 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 but the Holy Spirit was not at work in my life. You could hear the word all you want. You can come to church, come to church, come to church, come to church, come to church doesn't make you a Christian as much as going to McDonald's makes you a hamburger. You know, you, you have to have the living Spirit of God living inside of you, divine intervention to change your desires and your heart and your will and empower you to do the work that God wants you to do it because it's by the Spirit of God. It's not by might, not by power, the Bible says, but by the Spirit of the living God. And the Israelites, they were so prone to wander, just like me. I'd come to church, I'd listen, and man, my pastor would preach a sermon about hell. He'd preach a sermon about the second coming, Jesus coming back again. And I'd run to the altar, please, Jesus, no, I don't want to go to hell. I'd leave the church five minutes after I left the church. I'd like, okay, where are we going next? <laughs> Staying alive. I mean, it was like crazy. But I, I remember the day that I came and surrendered to the Holy Spirit. I'll never forget, I was 19 years old. Life changed. Life changed. I'm 50. Six <laughs> All these years, one day at a time, God has changed my life. I mean, I was a 19-year-old kid going to Nassau Community College. All I wanted to do was party, party, party. All I wanted to do was club, club, club. All I want is me, me, me. And when I came to the altar and I said, God, I'm sick and tired of the me life. It's going nowhere. I'm empty on the inside. And maybe you're here today and you're empty on the inside and you're looking for something that God can only fill on the inside. It's the Spirit of God that he wants to send so that you might have a changed life, so you might be free and I'll never forget the day that I gave my life to Jesus and the Holy Spirit came inside of me. Oh, I didn't look any different, hallelujah, on the outside, but there was a change on the inside. My heart changed. There was a desire. I remember going away from this place and saying, man, there's something different. I've got a peace on the inside and God began to give me new desires and I didn't want to go clubbing anymore. I wanted to be in the church, man. Listen, open the church seven days a week. I want to worship the Lord. It was so joyful. It 
It was so peace-filled. It was so exciting. It was a life of purpose. It was a life of meaning. It was a life of the Spirit. Hallelujah. When the Spirit of God comes on the inside, He gives you purpose. He gives you meaning. He gives you direction. He gives you wisdom. He opens your eyes. You've never seen things like that before. Why? Because it's only inspired by the Spirit that it can happen. Ezekiel chapter 34, and I will give you a new heart, and I will put a new spirit in you. He said, I will give you a new heart. What's the heart? The heart of a person is your wills, is your will and your desires. So I'll give you a new heart, new desires, and I'll put a new spirit in you. And I'll remove from you a heart of stone, a heart of rebellion. A heart that's always disobeying me. A heart that can't stay focused. A heart that can't stay committed. A heart that's hardened. I'll take that heart of stone and I'll give you a heart of flesh. And I'll put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. Jeremiah 33, for this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will give you a new heart. I will put my laws within them, and I will write it on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they will be my people. And I will give them one heart and a new spirit, and I will put it within them, and I will remove that heart of stone. Verse 26, and I will give them a new heart and a new spirit, and I will put it in them. Look how many times he says it, Ezekiel, Jeremiah, all over the scriptures. And so Paul tells us that we are no longer living after the flesh, but living in the power of the spirit. St. Augustine, a Catholic, said, without the spirit, we can neither love God nor his commandments. J.A. Packer said, J.I. Packer said, the Christian life in all aspects, intellectual and ethical, devotional and relational, upsurging in worship and outgoing in witness, is supernatural. Only the Spirit can initiate and sustain it. So apart from Him, not only will there be no lively believers, and no lively congregations, there will be no believers and no congregation at all. So the Holy Spirit becomes our helper. He opens our heart to receive the gospel. We can't even receive the gospel without the Holy Spirit. Billy Graham said, the Holy Spirit illuminates the minds of people, makes us yearn for God and takes spiritual truth and makes it understandable to us. 1 Corinthians 2, the person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. That's why the world thinks we're crazy. You go to church, you give a tenth of your tithe to the church, you go on missions trips, you serve God, you, you sing and worship in front of abortion clinics, you, you give all your time and energy to the things of God. Are you crazy? Why would you do that? Well, they can't understand that. They can't understand that, you know. And then when you, when you are born by the Spirit, born again, transformed by God, and 
now you, you live next door to these neighbors and you were doing all these things when, when you were not born again. You were going out and doing all these crazy things and you had a crazy marriage and you had a crazy life and now you come home with a Bible in your hand and you're smiling and, man, you're going to church and you're an upstanding citizen now and you're, you're giving and all, and they think you're crazy. What happened to you? Oh, you got religion. I didn't get religion, friend. Religion can't do anything for you. Religion can't save you. Religion can't change you. Religion can't give you peace. It can't give you joy. I got Jesus and I got the Holy Ghost, hallelujah, and that changed my life, Lord. You can call me crazy, but my family's in place, hallelujah. My marriage is in place. My children are in place, hallelujah. My life is in place. I've got order in my life now. I'm giving back to the world. I'm a citizen of, of the heaven, and I'm a citizen of this world, and I love God with all my heart, soul, strength, and mind, and I'm doing good for the world. Come on, somebody. You can call me crazy as much as you want, but you don't have a good marriage. You don't have a good life. You've been on your third, fourth, fifth husband or wife and you're an alcoholic and you're addicted to pornography and you call me crazy. See, the world can't understand that. Can't, can't discern that. They don't understand. It seems crazy to them. The Holy Spirit washes us, the Bible says, and cleanses us from our sin. He said, at one time, you too were foolish, disobedient, deceived and enslaved in all kinds of passions and There it is. We lived in malice and envy being hated and hating one another. But when the kindness, listen, shh, when the kindness and the love of God our Savior appeared, he saved us, not because of righteous things that we had done. He saved us, not because of righteous things I did, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us generously, through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that having been justified by grace, we might become heirs having the hope of eternal life. He sanctifies us. First Corinthians says, we were washed and sanctified. The word sanctified means set apart. Set apart. You know, friend, that when you gave your life to Jesus and the Holy Spirit came to live inside of you, he set you apart for something special. Every one of you in this room, look at me. The reason why I love to do what I do every Sunday morning is because you're so special. You're so special. You're so important. There's a seed of greatness on the inside of you. And God set you apart. You say, oh, man, why did I have to be born into a Pentecostal family, man? Why, did my, why does my mother constantly badger me about coming to church? Why does my mother and father pray for me all the time? Why don't they just leave me alone? Man, I'll tell you why. Because God chose you before the foundations of the world. He set you apart for something special. Glory to God. And let me tell you, you got no hope to run in the world. He's going to track you down, and the hound of heaven will catch up with you, and he'll change you, and he'll sanctify you, and set you apart for something really important. Because you are special. Watch out. That's the seat. You're special, important. The Bible says he sanctifies us, sets us apart. He comes to live in every believer. He makes you more like Christ. You can't be like Jesus without the Holy Spirit. He empowers us for daily living. Acts chapter 1, the Holy Spirit comes. He's the helper. He teaches us. He gives us insight. The Bible says the Holy Spirit empowers us, and he gives us power in our prayer life. I love what it says in Romans 8. It says, likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for. 
But the Spirit himself prays through us with deep words, deep, deep words. He imparts every good attribute in our life. It's only by the Spirit. Notice, the Bible says in Galatians chapter 6, 5, I'm sorry, he said, the work of the flesh is anger, bitterness, rage, malice, all kinds of sexual perversion. That's why, that's why it just does to the world. It's just, it's like all the stuff that's going on in the world today. It's just like, it's just, it, 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 it's just, it is what it is because they, they don't know better. But Paul says the fruit, the characteristic, the manifestation of the spirit in our life is characterized by love, love. All you need is love, love. But the only way we're going to get it is through the Holy Spirit. Unconditional love. Love that keeps you loving when you want to hate. Love that keeps you forgiven when you want to hate. Love that keeps you believing when you want to hate. Love that keeps no records of wrong. The fruit, the characteristic of the Spirit is love, joy, joy, not happiness. Not happiness based on circumstances, joy in the midst of any situation in our life. Peace, shalom, peace, self-control, faithfulness, gentleness, kindness. He said, man, there's no law. There's no law that could ever compare or help you to have those things. It's only by the Holy Spirit. So maybe today as the worship team comes, maybe today you're struggling in your walk with God. Why are you struggling in your walk with God? Because maybe you're not understanding that the Christian life is not about trying harder. It's about submitting more to the Lordship of the Holy Spirit. See, every born-again believer, when you come to Christ, the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of you. That's cool. But how many know that I've seen some born-again believers that live more like the devil than they do <laughs> like Jesus? I don't care if you talk in tongues, roll down the aisle, swing down the aisle, shout. That, that don't impress me, man. What impresses me is what happens on Monday morning. And I've seen some Christians that act like Jesus in church and live like the devil at work. I, I, I've met some born-again Christians that have hatred in their heart for their spouse, abuse their spouse. I've met some Christians that have no joy in their life. They have no peace in their life. I'm not telling you that every, every day I wake up and I'm like, hey, it's been a good day. But even in my grief, I find joy. Even in my anger, I find forgiveness. Even in the times when I'm prone to wander, the Holy Spirit gives me a love for God that overcomes the world and the temptation and pull of the world. And so maybe you're struggling today. Maybe the first reason maybe you're struggling is because you've never been 
transformed by the power of God in your life. You've never given your life to Jesus. I mean surrender to Jesus. I'm not talking about religious. I'm not talking about going to church. I'm talking about saying, Jesus, I can't do this on my own, Lord. I need you to send the Holy Spirit to come and live inside of me and change my life. And so I'm going to ask you a question in a moment. But maybe you're a Christian and you're like wondering, well, I gave my life to Jesus. How come I'm struggling so much? Because Paul tells us those who, listen, have their minds set on the flesh will produce death in their life. But those who have their minds set on the spirit will have life and peace. Paul tells us that we are to be led by the spirit. Those that are led by, you know what led means? You know what, you know what the difference between led? You know what the, there's the seat. You know what the difference, you know what the difference between led and push this? Holy Spirit's not going to do this to you. Come on, come on, live for God, live for God, live for God. Come on, live for God. Holy Spirit's going to do this to you. Follow me, 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 follow me. Those that are led by the Spirit, sit down. Those that are led by the Spirit, they are the children of God. See, even though you got power, you've got amazing power in your life power to change the world power to change your life you've got the seed of greatness on the inside there's only one lord there's only one savior there's only one master there's only one spirit and you have to learn how to be stay in step with come on follow me follow me come on come on stay in step with the spirit stay in step with the spirit stay Paul. So Paul tells us, listen, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience. That's the fruit of the Spirit, right? Come on, stay with me, brother, right? He said, now that you have the Spirit, he said, stay in step with the Spirit. Galatians 5, stay in step. Stay in step with the Spirit. That means you obey, you surrender, and you stay in step with. Come on, let me pray for you right now. Thank you, my brother. Thank you. Let me pray for you. Bow your heads. Lord, I pray right now in the name of Jesus. God, send your Holy Spirit right now into this place. Lord, there are people that are bound. There are people that are confused. There are people that are depressed. There are Christians in this room that are living in defeat. How could it be, Lord? Lord, it's because we're not surrendering to the Holy Spirit in our life. Today, we determine to allow your Holy Spirit to begin the work in this place and in our lives, Lord. So I'm going to ask you a question. If you died today, are you sure that you'd go to heaven? If you died right now, are you sure that you would go to heaven? You say, Pastor, I'm not sure. Well, your first step is to receive Jesus as your Savior. You say, Pastor, pray for me today. I don't know if I died today. I'd go to heaven. I want you to raise your hand right now. I want to pray for you, me, you, and God. You say, Pastor, pray for me. Anybody in this room, you need to ex accept Jesus into your life. Okay? You say, Pastor Steve, I want to be led by the Spirit. I want to be empowered by the Spirit. I want to walk in step with the Spirit. I want the Spirit of God to do a great work in my life. I want to be obedient to the Spirit. If that's you today, we're going to close this service with what, what I call an altar time. And allow the Spirit of God to work in our lives. 
If that's you today, I want you to stand and say, yes, I want to be led by the Spirit. I want to be, I want to be obedient to the Spirit. I want to be filled with the Spirit. I want the Spirit to do a great work in my life. Stand to your feet right now. Stand to your feet right now. Stand to your feet. Come on, all over this place. Stand to your feet right now. I want, I want the Spirit of God to do a great work in my life. I want the Spirit of God to do a great work in my life. Come on, stand to your feet. I want the Spirit to do a great work in my life. Stand to your feet right now. Come on. I want the Spirit of God. See, what this is, listen to me. What this is, is what's called sanctification, setting apart. What this is called is, is, is an, an anointing of God saying, yes, Lord, I want the Holy Spirit to do a work in my life today. And I'm setting myself apart for that to happen so that the Holy Spirit might have all of me. You see, the truth is you have all the Holy Spirit, but does the Holy Spirit have all of you? So what's the area of your life right now the Holy Spirit doesn't have all of? Is it your love life? Is it your work life? Is it your marriage? Is it your mind? What is it that the Holy Spirit doesn't have all of today? You say, Pastor, I want God to have the Holy Spirit to have all of me today. I want you to stand right now. All areas of my life. All areas. All right, now listen to me. Now listen to me. You know I don't play games on Sunday morning. You, you, you want to go to a nice church and have a 20-minute sermonette so you can go out and smoke your cigarette, go somewhere else. We, 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 do, we do work with God today, real work. I want you to get out of your seat right now and come stand right here with me. Come on. Say, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm submitting myself to the Holy Spirit today. Come on, come on, come on. Come on, we don't play games at Bethlehem. Come on, come on, come on. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Let's go. Let's, let's pray. Come on, come on. Pull in, pull in. Dedicated to God. Dedicating my life to God. Dedicating my life to the Spirit. Dedicating my life to the Spirit. 